service. Um, about a year ago, I had an idea and I pitched it to pass the email. And I said, um, I'm interested in doing this, that, and the third. I said, but I don't know if it's um, politically correct in the church. And he said to me, he said, I'm not interested in doing what's politically correct. I'm always interested in doing what's right. And at that moment, I already knew he was the most amazing youth pastor, but I said he really has the most amazing heart I've ever seen in a leader right next to Pastor Deborah Crow. So I want you guys to give God praise for Pastor Email Washington as he comes. We stand out of respect for his title and out of respect for God's hand in his life. Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together. Give God a shout of praise. While your hands are going, your mouth ought to be open. Let's, let's shift every strange spirit. Let's, let's disarm every other agenda. And let's lift up a... Oh, I dare you just to remember how good God's been. Forget about people and just, just remember how good God's been. And give him a praise. Give him a praise. Give him a praise. I ain't fast for no reason. I declare, I feel a wave. Check hey, I feel movement. I feel power. I feel growth. I declare, God wants a yes. 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 Sometimes, sometimes our yes is aborted by someone else's no. But I'm declaring that this is the season of yes. That means whatever your no was, God's about to shift it. God's about to shift it to a yes. Listen, I ain't starting no crowd. I just... I just love God, and I know what he said in my belly. Here's the strange thing about the word of God, is the enemy will always send everything opposite of what you think God said, what you heard God say. But I'm declaring that this is going to be a season where God's about to shift every no to a yes. Every job opportunity that shut their door, God's about to shift it to a yes. Everything is changing about us. I feel glory already. Put your hands together one last time and give God a praise. I love him. 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 That's what I'm rooted and anchored in is my love for God. Not all these lights and all this. I just love God. And that's all I need. Amen. While you're standing, will you help me salute my leader? Give God praise for senior pastor, Pastor Deborah, Annette Crow. Come on, do better than that. Do better than that. I honor her. I love her. Help me give God praise for my best friend, my wife. Give God praise for Melissa. To the youth staff, every elder, Elder Belon, Pastor Holmes, everyone who came out today. Prophet Walton, thank you so much for being here. I see you. Listen, my grandmother is here. Amen. I'm grateful. I love her. My mom is here. Everyone in their right places. Take a seat. Let's do this quick. This season, 
um, I have to be very transparent with you. Um, I did not know for sure that I was going to make it to this season um, because I was declaring to God last year that I was growing a little weary. I was growing a little weary of what I saw as a lack of growth. And I was wondering if God had called me to do this particular job. Um, but when I saw tonight uh, the way Courtney expedited and I watched Melvin and Tati and the praise team, I realized, I realized that God had called me for this thing and I'm excited. That's why this season is the season of impartation. I want everyone to know that no matter how big your mistake is, God is bigger. And he intends for you to be included in his agenda. I don't care what mistakes you've made. I don't care what the rumor is. I don't care who doesn't support you. Nothing is going to change God's mind about what he ordained for you to be. So this is going to be a season where you're going to see me push the youth department like never before. Because I believe that the next generation is exciting and they are ready to do what God called them to do. Uh, so the season of impartation, will, you will see a display of gifts a display of anointing, a display of talents. I'm pushing every single young person in this ministry to be the greatest God has called them to be. So that's what the season of impartation um, you can expect to see tonight. And the theme for tonight is answer me. And if you will, turn with me to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 3. I have glasses on tonight only because uh, my eye was um, beginning to swell up upstairs. Um, I had to go to the emergency room one day this week. I woke up and my eye was completely shut um, and I didn't know what was going on. I went to the emergency room and they, they told me what was going on. I'm, I'm doing drops and all this other stuff, but this morning I woke up and the eye had swole. Um, so that's the only reason I'm wearing glasses. I'm not trying to be cool. It's just because uh, I don't want you guys to be nervous about the, my eye. It's a little better, but um, I believe God. I knew when I woke up what was going on. Every time there's a fresh fire service, the enemy tries to attack my body. Uh, so I, I knew what was going on, but I'm excited because I believe he's going to move tonight. First Samuel chapter 3, and we do stand for the reading of God's word. Here begins the reading of God's word. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep. And the Lord called Samuel and he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here I am, for thou callest me. And he said, I called not. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. Verse 8 says, And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for thou didst call me. 
And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Verse 9, and therefore Eli said unto Samuel, go lay down, and it, it shall be, if ye shall call thee, that thou shalt say, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Verse 10 says, and the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Lord, and Samuel answered, speak, for thy servant heareth. And the word of the Lord is already blessed. You may be seated. I want to just for the next couple of moments, if I can, speak to you from the subject, answer me. Father God, for these next few moments, I beg of you to take me out of myself. Root me, ground me in your anointing. Use me today to encourage someone under the sound of my voice that it's time for them to answer what you have called for them to be. We love you. We appreciate you. We honor you forever and ever. Amen. Has anyone in the building ever honestly asked God what your purpose was? Like sincerely needed to know, God, why do I exist? Um, the, the understanding of callings and purpose is something um, that really weighs on every minister or every young person, every generational person, their mind. Uh, because everyone wants to feel like they were created with great purpose. Um, what is a call? A call is simply an attempt to communicate. It is an invitation to come. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Jesus called his disciples not to a position, not to a seat in a church, but when he called them, he called them to a particular lifestyle. And the thing that we are getting confused about is um, uh, callings are not only for positions, titles, uh, but when God calls you, he calls you to live a certain life. Uh, I was looking at um, someone's Instagram the other day, and they were saying um, they don't like to pick up phone calls. They said he's, he said he's the type of person, it was Martin, I have to just tell you, it was Martin. Uh, Martin said he's the type of person who if, he, if someone is calling him, he will watch the phone ring. When the phone hangs up, he will text the person and then call back. We'll text the person and say, hey, what's up? He doesn't want to talk on the phone. And I realized in that moment as I was uh, studying this uh, that a lot of times we, we are looking at a generation that wants to answer the call of God through text message. They want to know what God has for them, but they don't want to pick up a call. They want to um, um, have God call them inconvenience. Um, we have cell phones now. Um, I found an app called Instacart where you put in your zip code, it connects you to the nearest supermarket, you go through and you add everything to your cart, and within an hour, everything is delivered to your front door. We don't even have to go to the grocery store anymore. Uh, we are living in a day and an age where we would rely on convenience, uh, but sometimes the call of God is not convenient. Uh, uh, my grandmother is here. I did not know she was here. I put her in the sermon. I wouldn't have if I knew she was coming. My grandmother is 84 years old. 83 or 84, Grandma? 83 years old. And, and one time she came home from the hospital, and I called her. I was calling her. My sister texted me and said, Grandma's home. Give her a call. I kept calling, kept calling, kept calling. She wasn't answering. I kept calling because she's 83. Where's she going to be? She has to be home. So I'm like, well, why is she not answering the phone? Finally, she picked up the phone, and she, I said, Grandma, you can't do that. Like, when people are calling, you have to pick up. She said, oh, no, baby, I'm fine. I was on the other line. 
I'm like, yeah, Grandma, that's, that's fine, but you have call waiting. You, near, you hear that beep? She said, I don't like call waiting. I like call back. She said, she said, because it lets the people, the person who I'm talking to, think they're not important enough to hold my attention if I click over. I'm wondering how many of us uh, have missed the call of God because we were entertaining what, was, what, what we thought was too important, what we thought was really important, and we missed clicking over and finding out what God had for us. Uh, let's, let's talk about calls. Let's talk about calls. We're in the text. Um, the Bible tells of about a man um, named Elkanah, uh, and this man is married to two women, Hannah and Penea. Um, Hannah cannot have children, but Penea can. Uh, the Bible says that he loves Hannah even though she can't produce for him, even though uh, one day I'm going to preach a series about the barren blessing because we see so many women in the Bible who are at first barren but begin to bring forth babies. So, so this woman loves, her husband loves her even though she can't produce. The Bible says every year he goes up to a, a place and he worships um, with the priest Eli and with his sons and um, he brings his family with him. The woman who he is married to who can produce children, she makes it very hard for um, Hannah. She begins to mock her and make her feel horrible that she can't have children. The Bible says that this woman has become so sorrowful because she wants children. She wants to be able to produce for her husband. The Bible says that she's at the temple one day crying. A husband says to her, what's, like, what's good with you? Do I not treat you as if you produce for me 10 children? She says, yeah, but this is something that I really, really want. I want a child. She then goes and sits on the stoop of the temple, and the Bible says she begins to cry. She is so, more, more, um, she is so sorrowful. Um, Eli, the priest, sees her and sees how distraught she is, sees that she's praying, and assumes that she's drunk. Uh, because sometimes, have you ever wanted something so bad from God that you looked crazy? Because it just didn't make sense. It didn't, it didn't look like it could ever come to pass. It didn't look like anything was going to happen. Um, so this man sees this woman, and the Bible says he assumes that she's drunk. Uh, the Bible said he begins to talk to her and tell her, you will have a son. Um, your God, will, God will do this thing for you. She says, God, I promise you that if you give me a child, if you give me a son that I will, without a doubt, give this body to you. The Bible says that her womb is shut, but she makes this promise to God. Mm, let me just stop here. Sometimes God will shut something so that you open. It is the fact that her womb has been shut that her mouth is open. Uh, some of us have to understand that it's not that you're not qualified. It's not that you don't love that person. It's not that they don't, they're not good for you. Some things God has shut so that you can open. Uh, because the truth of the matter is if you really got what you wanted, you wouldn't talk to God. Uh, so he is eager for attention. God is a type of God who craves intimacy with you. Uh, he needs to make sure that you can communicate with him. So, so I know you might be stressed about who left you, who don't like you you but I've come to declare that it was shut for a reason uh, it was shut so God could open you so that you can pray more so that you can fast more so that you can learn more about yourself God shut it for a reason Bible says she makes a vow to God I will give this child 
to you. A razor will never touch his head if you just give me a baby. The Bible says that night she goes home and she's excited. Her countenance is no longer uh, uh, sad. She goes, her husband goes into her and she conceives Samuel. She gives birth to Samuel, Samuel meaning God heard. Um, let me just stop there also. I need you to understand uh, that God hears what you need. I, I don't know where we got this thing that God is ignoring us. He is not that type of God. He's a type of God who, who can hear every prayer in this room and still meet needs in Africa. He, he's that type of God who hears, he knows, and he can shift and change things when he's ready. The Bible says he opens her womb and she conceives Samuel. At what point does she conceive Samuel? She conceives Samuel after she goes into covenant with God. It is after she says to God, if you give me a baby, I will give this baby back to you. Uh, the first thing you must understand is that uh, the call of God requires agreement with God. It requires covenant with God. I am tired of looking at folk who are just gifted, but there's no covenant. I'm tired of looking at people who know how to rile a, a crowd, but there's no covenant. Uh, this next call that God's about to pull you into requires agreement. I, God, I know it may not feel good. I know it may be against all odds, but I'm entering into covenant with you. Look how strange it sounds. How could this woman want a baby so bad? And then decide when she gets it to give it to God completely. That's what the call of God looks like. I'm sorry to tell you, but it doesn't always make sense. It, it doesn't always make you feel good. It doesn't always please the crowd. Uh, sometimes your covenant with God will confuse the people who don't like you. Uh, sometimes your covenant with God will confuse your family. They don't understand why you keep coming to the church, why you keep coming every Wednesday, every Sunday. It's because I'm in covenant with God and I need something from him. Bible says she goes into covenant with God. He opens her womb. She produces Samuel, meaning God has heard. Bible says that she loves Samuel. Um, and the next year, her husband is going up to uh, the temple to pray, to worship. And she's like, no, I'm not going this time. I'm going to stay here with Samuel until he's been weaned. Her husband says, you know what? Do what you feel is best. It's fine. Um, so the next couple of years, um, he stays back. The studies show that when he's released to the temple, he's about four years old. Um, it lets us know um, that before you can enter into service with God, enter into your call, there has to be some things that you can live without. He, she says to her, her, her husband, I cannot release him until he's been weaned, until there's some things that he doesn't need from me to be able to function. Um, I want you to know that some of you, the thing that has tied up your call is your attachment. Hear me, there's a difference between attachment and connection. Attachment is control. Connection is growth. And many of us are attached to people and not connected to them. And, and now everywhere they go, we go. A lot of us are attached to our issues. Everywhere my issue go, I go. Everywhere that hurt goes, I go. But I'm declaring you have to make sure before you can respond to a call of God on your life, you must make sure there's some things that I don't need anymore. I don't care how good they look. I don't care how good they feel. I'm making an understanding in my life that I can live without some people. I, I can live without some things. I, I can live without some stuff. So she says to him, um, he has to be weaned because she understands the call on Samuel's life. 
is going to require him to not be attached to her. Um, take a moment and ask yourself, what am, I con- what am I attached to that is keeping me from answering the call of God on my life? Is it a job? Is it a person? Is it something that you've been through, something that someone has said about you? Is it the lack of crowd? Is it, is it, what is it that is keeping you attached so that you cannot do service unto God? The Bible says that finally at four, he goes to the temple every single year. His mom goes and she brings him a coat. Bible says in chapter two, verse 18, almost to chapter three, chapter uh, three, uh, the Bible says that he ministers to the Lord in a linen ephod. So now he's a little boy with an ephod on. An ephod is only for ordained priesthood. But here he is, a little boy who we later see doesn't even know God yet, but yet he's in the temple ministering in a priestly garment. God help me. Uh, So he's not even wearing what he's supposed to wear, uh, but God has favored him. I I want you to know that you are about to break barriers. I I know we're living in religious boxes, but but I'm trying to tell you that in the year 2019, 2020, we're going to have to forget about those boxes because God's about to break some rules. He's about to break some rules just to show how you're favored by God. Bible says he's wearing an ephod. Here we are in chapter 3. The Bible says that Samuel has been committed to service to Eli. Long story short, Eli has two sons who who are stealing from the church and and having sex with the women who are offering, coming to offer in the temple. Um, The man of God comes to Eli and tells him what's going on. Eli doesn't do anything about it. He does not respond the way God knows he should respond. The Bible says that he's, he begins to kind of like almost ignore what his sons are doing. But now God has sent Samuel to sit under Eli. The Bible says that he's in the temple. Very first verse of chapter 3. The child ministered unto the Lord before Eli. The word of the Lord was precious in those days. Precious meaning it was rare. Um, because uh, Joshua judges after that. Um, after Moses and after Joshua, uh, there is no more leaders. God sends judges. So now the judges are gone, and there's an in-between place where there's no voice from God. People are just not hearing from God the way they used to. Um, can you imagine how painful it is uh, to never hear the voice of God, uh, to pray and there be no response, uh, to need to know what direction you need to go in, but there's no voice? Uh, this is where they find themselves uh, because they have turned their backs on God. The Bible says in the book of Judges that they only do what's right in their eyes. Um, so this has made a corrupt Israel. Um, so now they're living in corruption, um, but God sends a boy in the middle of the corruption to lead them out. Uh, the Bible says that Samuel has been committed unto to, to Eli. Bible says that as he is laying in a place, he is laying down, Eli, to tell us that his eyes are now dim, um, he's getting old. Um, it doesn't only mean physically, but spiritually we see that Eli's, his spiritual judgment is off. He doesn't address his children. When Hannah's at the temple praying what you should be doing, he thinks she's drunk. Um, she, he's just off. The Bible says she, he sends, God sends Samuel to sit under Eli. While Eli, while Samuel is asleep, um, the Bible says that God calls his name, Samuel. The first thing I need you to understand is that God does not call him young man. He 
doesn't call him Hannah's boy. Um, the Bible says that God calls him by name. I need you to understand that your circumstance, your issue, your situation, your location, your family history, none of that stuff makes a difference to God. When he calls you, he calls you by name. I wish I could find some folk who were glad that in the midst of my mess, he still knew my name. In the midst of all that I said I wouldn't do, he still called me by name. I'm grateful, I'm grateful, I'm grateful that my issues seems big, but God still calls me by name he calls Samuel by name the Bible says in the book of Luke that every single hair on your head has been numbered God knows you good God I don't care what the rumor is about you God knows you I don't care what your bank account says God God knows you I don't care how weak you feel how weary you feel I've come to tell about ten of you that God knows you by name the Bible says that he's asleep, he's in the temple, and God calls him by name. When he calls Samuel, Samuel's not up and active in the temple. The Bible says he's laid down to sleep. So in other words, when God calls him, it's an interruption. God help me. Samuel is resting when God calls him. Uh, I want you to know that the call of God is an interruption on your life. Uh, he came to interrupt some stuff that was going on in your life. He came to interrupt some stuff, some usual things. See, he goes to this place every day and lays down. So when God calls him, he is calling him from the usual place. And I want to let you know that I know you've been struggling with some patterns and some cycles and some habits, but, but I've come to declare that God's about to call you from your usual. He's about to call you from your plain place. God calls him from the usual. He calls him when he's resting and he interrupts his pattern. God, yes, I, I wish I had some folk who could admit I don't want to be doing this, but I know you called me. I, I wish I had some folk uh, who would say I want to beat you up, but, but God called me. I want to talk bad about you, but God called me out of my usual. He will interrupt what feels good to you. He will interrupt what looks right to you. This season, God's about to interrupt your pattern. So... Number one, he calls him by name. Every single person in this building, God does not see your mother's name. He sees your name. I'm glad that my mother, my grandmother prayed, uh, but when God sees me, he sees what he's called me to be. Um, you have to be careful uh, how you hook up with people because if you're not careful, you will become what they think you should be and not what God called you to be. Uh, so the Bible, Bible says that he calls him by name. He gets up. He runs to Eli. He's like, you called me. Eli's like, nah, I didn't call you. Go lay down. Bible says that, that Samuel goes back, lays in his bed. He hears his name again, Samuel. Bible says that Samuel gets up and runs to Eli. Says, Eli, you called me. Eli's like, nah, bro, I did not call you. 
go lay down. Um, and you have to um, really honor God's persistence here because um, is there anybody glad that it didn't just take one time? Uh, uh, okay, y'all, I got y'all church folks on. But there were times when I made the same mistake more than once, but he, he still called me. He, he still called me. I, I wish I had some honest folk. There were some things that I did that I liked that I did that I shouldn't have did, but yet he called me afterwards still. So, so, so he goes back, lays down a second time. Bible says when he lays down, he hears Samuel. Bible says he runs to Eli. And now Eli is like, wait, I think I know what's going on. Scripture makes it very plain to us that Samuel does not know the voice of God. The Bible says the word has not yet been illuminated to him. Uh, so he's only relying on Eli. That's why we have to be careful about our connections. Uh, uh, because what if Eli would have told him nothing? What if Eli would have told him just to be still and not to respond? Uh, we have to be careful about who we invest our spirit mans into. Uh, because we have to understand that connection can be life or death. Uh, I need someone in my circle who will call and will push me and say, you know what? You better see what God wants. You, you want to see what God is saying to you. So he goes back. He says, he says, uh, I think that you should just say next time, Lord, thy servant hears. Now Eli, after all this time, wakes up and realizes, wait a minute, the Lord is calling this young boy. The Bible says that he goes to the bed and he lays down again. And this time it's not just a voice, but the text. I'm not making this up. The Bible says the Lord stood at the foot of Samuel's bed and called his name twice. Samuel, Samuel. Uh, uh, every time you see God call a name twice, there's about to be a miracle. Uh, when Moses was at the burning bush, he said, Moses, Moses, and then he showed him a ram. Uh, when, when Jacob was about to be made a father of nations, he said, Jacob, Jacob. Uh, I, I want to let you know that what you're on the brink of is about to blow your mind. Uh, God's about to call your name with some urgency. I know you feel settled. I know you feel like nothing is moving, but God's about to put some urgency on your name. The last point. The Bible says that he says, speak, Lord, thy servant hears. And God begins to speak to him. Here's the thing that really, that really gets me, though, is, is Eli has two sons who are already in the priesthood. So God is not interested in using who's next. God help me. He's using who's necessary. Oh, God. Uh, uh, the Bible says that he calls Samuel. Now, there's some people already in line who should inherit the voice of God. Uh, but instead of doing what's next, uh, God calls who's necessary. Uh, can I just encourage about ten of you that you're not next, but you're necessary. And this next move uh, is about you being necessary for the kingdom of God. Eli's boys, by right, should have been next. But Samuel is who's necessary. Uh, it's nothing more hurtful than being passed over, good God almighty. But, but when you're being passed over for what's necessary, it will change the game of your life. Samuel is necessary. You are necessary. I don't care what you've gone through. 
I don't care how you were called. I don't care about what has been placed over you. I don't care about what you're connected to. You're moving from next to necessary. Uh, you're moving from, from an option as the only choice. God, yes, sir. Uh, you not have to be nobody's option. God's about to make you the only choice uh, because you have something that Eli's boys don't have. You have something that nobody else has. God put something special in you. The Bible says that he calls Samuel. He begins to speak to Samuel. He says, what I'm about to do in Israel Every ear will tinkle. Everything I'm about to say to you is about to blow your mind. Now, Samuel, at this time, the Bible says he's a young child. So according to Jewish tradition, uh, we know that anything over 13 is considered a man. Uh, so at this point, for the Bible to call him a child means he has to be anywhere from 12 years down and under. Uh, so, so he's a child. He's wearing the wrong clothing. He, he, he was left at the temple for service. But that's who God uses. He, he doesn't use Eli's boys. He uses the person with a twisted family history, with his mama left him. With, he uses the person that nobody might assume. I know that we are in a day and age uh, where we were talking about it the other day. Just want people who are popular, uh, but sometimes God doesn't want to use the popular. He's looking for the people who are honest. He's looking for the people who have come to God with a sincere heart. Uh, I believe in this season that he's going to switch from the famous uh, to the people who are honest with him. Uh, he's looking for people with integrity. Uh, I've been through something, but God, I will answer your call. The thing that really sets Samuel into motion is his response. It's not where he is. It's what he finally realizes he has to say to God. Uh, he has to say to God, I'm listening. And the thing that has held so many of us up is our response. That's why I, I don't, I, I don't, I'm, I try not to talk about it a lot, um, but I, I really have an issue with people who sit still in the presence of God. Uh, uh, because when, when Samuel is called, the Bible says he's near the ark of God, meaning the place that houses the presence of God. Uh, so, so the presence of God is another reason why Samuel makes moves, why he gets up and keeps running. I, I don't know how people sit still in the presence of God uh, because it is your response that says to God, you're serious about your call. It is your response in his presence that says to him, you understand how much you need him. It is Samuel's response to hearing the voice of God that puts him to be one of the greatest prophets in the nation. I'm telling you today, change your response. Stop telling God you're not qualified. Stop telling God that you don't want to do it. Stop telling God about your issues. Stop telling God about your circumstances. Stop telling God about the rumors. Stop telling God about your hurts. Uh, God knew all that when he called you. Remember that he doesn't make any mistakes. You know the thing, Caleb, let's go. You know the thing that really, really, really holds people up, right? It's not that we don't hear the call of God. It's that when when God calls us, when we hear uh, the things in our, in our body and in our spirit that God wants us to do, the issue is that we look like this. God calls us 
um, but we say it can't be God um, because when he called me, I'm bruised from what people already said about me. Yeah. I, I'm bleeding from all the hurts that I've been through. I'm moving up there. So, so when God calls us, right, it's not that we don't hear the voice. When we hear the voice, um, I wanted this, this, this mannequin to be a part of the service uh, because so many of us, um, we are a part of the service. We hear the voice of God, and we do not respond uh, because while I'm sitting in service, I'm watching the praise team, I look like this. I'm, I'm bleeding and I'm, I'm wounded and I'm, I'm in my grave clothes. I'm in my sick clothes. There's blood everywhere. There's things about me that I do not understand about myself. Um, you know, the biggest issue with us is us. It's not that God calls us. It's, it's I can't get over what I know about myself. How could God call me and I'm bruised? How could God call me? And I'm bleeding. How, how could God call me and my head is wrapped in? I have scars from what I've been through. I have scars from what people have said about me. How could God call me and I look like this? Do you realize that God doesn't make mistakes? And when he called you, he saw your wounds. When... When he called you, he saw your black eye. But he's about to show you that his purpose is bigger than anything you've been through. And the more you respond to the call of God, the more he'll change what you look like. You know why so many of us still haven't, haven't changed the way we look like is because of our response. But the more I respond to God, the more I worship even when I don't feel like it, the more I worship even when my heart is broken, the more I worship even when the rumor is at my door, the more I do it, the better I look to God. He begins to change me. He begins to take away my scars. Oh, God. And there were things that I thought was permanent, but his love removes it. There's some things that I thought would never change, but as I submit myself to God, he's bruising me. He's changing my bruises. Give me the whites. So now, as I worship, I'm, can I tell you that you don't worship because you feel right. You don't worship because you feel good. You worship because you love God. You, love, you worship because you love good. You love God. So I love God so much and I love him goodly that I worship no matter what. I worship and praise no matter what I look like. And the more, the more I worship, the more he begins to clean me up. The more I praise God, the more he cleans me up. The more I begin to sow into the tabernacle, the more he cleans me up. He removes, he removes my scars. I know you thought it was permanent. I know you thought you would never get over it. I know you thought it would never change. But I'm telling you that as you submit to the call of God on your life, 
He's going to clean you up. He's going to change your clothes. He's going to change your garments of heaviness to worship. He's going to change your garments of heaviness to praise. And before you know it, you will be praising God. You still got to understand, sometimes things do break. But I'm staying in the tabernacle. Some of y'all, y'all too bougie, but but I've come to the tabernacle missing some pieces, and I still had to, I still had to worship. So I'm in pieces, right? Um, I'm 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 in the position where I love God. Have you ever loved God and still fell apart? Have you ever really, really loved God and, and still wanted to cry and still had issues and, and still didn't recognize yourself when you looked in the mirror? Is there anybody who knows what I'm talking about? But I've come to declare that God's about to clean you up. And, and the more you worship, the more you respond, the more you say, God, I hear you. Samuel. He's in the bed. He says, God, I'm listening. God, yes. Yes, sir. God, I didn't recognize you before uh, in the issue that I was going through, but, but now I see you, and, and I'm listening to what you said. And now I understand that there's a greater purpose. Now I understand that you're about to ordain me to be a prophet unto a nation there's a word in someone's belly. Don't let it be stifled by what you're looking like. Don't let it be stifled by the bruises. Don't let it be stifled by what you're missing. God called you. And since he called you, he will clean you. Good grief, I just heard that in my belly. Uh, because God called you, because he's purposed you, he will be the one to clean you. And, and the things that you thought were permanent, the things that you thought you would never get over, the things that you thought your heart would mend, mend over, God's about to clean you up and make you better. He has to do it. There's no other choice because he will not let his word return unto him void. And he spoke a word, Naya, before you were formed in your mother's belly. I don't care where your mother is. I don't care what she's doing. Um, it doesn't change who you will be. Before you were formed in your mother's belly, he, he knew you had purpose. He, he knew you had a word. He, he knew you had destiny in your belly. And, and I don't care where you come from, but God's about to make you necessary. about how you came into the world. You were called in the midst of how you came into the world. God, yes, God, yes, I hear you. Uh, it, it didn't alter his plan. He didn't have to go to a plan B. Uh, he said, that's the what? The way I intended it to be. Born in brokenness, but he's just about to be made whole in my presence. And I'm shifting every mindset. I'm, I'm cursing every opinion. He's going to curse every opinion, not of the crowd, 
cursing the opinion of yourself about you. God, yes, yes, yes. It's not what they think that's calling you, that's holding you up from calling, accepting the call. It's what you think. Because there's some things you made mistakes in. There's some bruises. There's some bruises that you have that there's no way God can love me like this. But I'm telling you that this is going to be your season of the cleanup. And I see him wiping every scar. I see him wiping every bruise. I see him wiping every issue. And I see you answering the call to be a better. He's calling you to better. He's calling you to better. Now you be careful in this season about your response. Don't be so quick to respond how they think you will survive. Because they already have their preconceived notions about you, but, but change their minds. And how you change their minds if you change your mind about yourself. You say, you know what? In spite of what they think, I'm beautifully and wondrously made. Uh, in spite of what I've come out of, uh, I still have purpose. I, I still have purpose. I, I still have purpose. Uh, God has not forgotten you. He was waiting to select you. And, and I come to tell you tonight uh, that in spite of your mistakes, uh, it's your selection day. Somebody get that response. He's calling you. 
cannot respond to his call filthy, with clean hands. We have to respond to his call with a changed heart and a renewed mind. And this season, God's going to clean you up. God's going to change you. Whatever it is, whatever it is that you know you have to do, some of you have been feeling that, that lump in your throat because you know, God, there is more to me than this. There's, there's more to me than this. There's, there's a word. There's a book. There's a song. There's something in me, and I'm tired of being complacent. I'm, I'm tired of being stuck in where I've been. Today, God calls you out. It's impartation season, and he's about to clean you up. Whatever cleaning you up means, if it means disconnecting you from a relationship, he'll do that. If it means mending a broken heart, he'll do that. If it means dealing with your self-esteem, he'll do that. But this is the season where God's about to clean you up. Joel, do you mind coming? said to the staff last night, um, I couldn't remember your name last night, but 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 I remembered it just now for some reason. Uh, I said, Elder Belon's son is on my heart so heavy uh, because I need you to understand uh, that it's not by mistake that you're here. Um, and, and you're not fooling God. God is not fooled. He understands and he knows what you've been through. Uh, um, you have a life and you had a life and you've been through some things that should have disqualified you. But, but God said, you're not disqualified you, um, but you're necessary for the next move. Yes, sir. And God, what are you talking about? There's no way in the world that there's space for me. There's no, but I heard God say he's already been dealing with you. And that's why when you try to stay home on Sundays, you, you find yourself dressed and ready for the tabernacle uh, because there's a place for you in the next move. God said to remind you, we got to go. God said to remind you that he loves you. Tell you that he knows about that. He's not ignoring it, but he's about to use it to draw other men who went through it. Yes, sir. around Joel just like you did Job can, can you put a hedge of protection around Joel because, because there's some there's some buzzards and there's some, some crooked folk and there's some tainted connections that, that are trying to suck the blood out of your, out of your life but, but I declare that you will be a part of God's plan God did not make a mistake on you. Can I tell you this? I'm saying he's not even disappointed in you. Because your issue is, is I'm disappointing my father. I'm disappointing, I'm disappointing God. Um, I see these bruises, but I hear God saying to tell you that he's proud of you. Because, because there's some stuff that could have killed you. But because you would stop. 
stood in the middle of your storm. He's about to make you an anchor for another man. And there's some young men who will need your experience. There's some young men who will need to understand that you can be delivered from stuff that you can love God and still make mistakes. The church has fooled people into believing that God won't love you in your issues, but he loves you in spite of your issues. This is not so we can keep our issues, but this is so that we understand how big God's love is. Hear me, hear what I say, because I, I heard the religious minds in the room who said, you still have to come out of it. You do have to come out of it, but the issue is he has to love you until you come out of it. We cannot reject people because of what we know about them. When God called them, when he knew it about them. Oh, God, yes. So, so when you reject people because of what they've done, what you are saying is you are bigger than God because he called them when he knew they did it. God is not disappointed in you. But you are on the mind of God. And there is a place for you here. I don't care what tries to pull you. I don't care what tries to make you, that what tries to attract you to other places. I, I hear God saying, if you can just anchor yourself for a season here, anchor, anchor, if you can just anchor, that means just sit still for a season. Uh, if, if you can just stand still for a season, there's some dreams and there's, there's some, uh, God, uh, yes, uh, I hear a new career opening up for you uh, because there's no movement where you are and there's some other things you need God to do. What he's waiting for is for you to anchor yourself. God is not disappointed in you. He loves you more than you could ever imagine, Joel. You haven't disguised anything. You're not fooling God. He sees your issues. He sees your concerns. And he loves you. And, and, and I wish I could, Dre, come and wrap your arms around him. And, and as he embraces you, I bind the spirit of disappointment. I, I break the spirit of fear. I, I loose your blessing. I loose your call. I, I loose. I And I speak strength to your anointing. I speak strength to your life. Elder Bilal, he won't die. Oh, God, yes. You worry about getting phone calls, about him not making it home. But, but I speak life, yes, sir. I speak life. Life to Joel, life, life. Life to Joel, life. I release purpose. 
stomach that still tries to hold you back. Mm, God, yes, 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 yes. Oh, and I speak in ministry promotion. <laughs> uh, because God's about to use the unlikely. He, I, oh, God, I know some of you are waiting for your turn, but but God's skipping you in and going to the faithful. check <laughs> Ask me how I know that God honors faithfulness because there were people before me that God didn't do what he's doing now 
because he was waiting for me. God will pass over whoever he needs to pass over to bless you with just what you need. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. God's going to bless you with just what you need this season. Your response is responsible for your next blessing. Uh, uh, oh, God, yes. The reason why God's about to unfold that Samuel in your belly is because you, you were faithful to the temple when your heart was hurting you. You were faithful to the temple when nobody understood what you were going through. This is your season. This is our season. This is our season. It's, it's not just the youth department, but, but I declare that this building, this is our season. This, oh God, yes, this is our season. I've cried long enough. I've been wounded long enough. I've hurt long enough. I've been through enough. This is my season to get everything that God has laid up for me. If you believe it, give God a shout. If you believe it, give God a shout. Give God a praise. Give God a praise. Give God a praise. I know we gotta go, but I feel a, I feel a machacio in my belly. God is shifting us, and God is moving us. Where's your sister? Your sister, she's gone. Kyla, come, please, quick. And we got to go. I got to go. We got to go. I hear God saying that he's rebuilding your self-esteem. People don't understand, although you're always smiling, that when you go to bed at night, there's some things that you're concerned about concerning you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and you said, God, when I get here tonight, I need you to release a, a word that unlocks what's in me. And, and I came to unlock it. With, come on. Put your hand in her belly. And I speak to that vision. I, I speak to the reason you came here tonight. The press in your belly. I, I speak to your, I speak to that anointing. In. I hear God saying, unlock, 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 unlock. Do and do. Heal and heal. And the spirit of mentorship. Rest on your shoulders. Why people keep calling me with their issues? Why people won't leave me alone? Don't they know 
that I'm trying to be a mother, I'm trying to be a wife, but, but God said the spirit of mentorship rests on your shoulder. Young lady, sit at your feet and hear your wisdom because you have been through some stuff, some stuff that you never thought you would recover from. You even had a season when you doubted that God loved you. But can I just remind you that the love of God has never left you. He, he's all, even in that hour when you were crying, even in that hour of pain, can I just tell you God said he was, he was there and he knew you would make it. Yes, sir. He knew you would make it. You were built. You were built for this. You were built for this. And I speak open door to your ministry. Uh, ministry doesn't mean church, but ministry means reaching some folk. And there's some folk who are waiting to be reached by you. Oh, uh, You already felt it. Uh, and God said he sent you to give you a release. Do, do what God called you to do. Your life today will never be the same. Not because I touched you, but because God called you. <laughs> oh, God. There were others of your mother's children who, who everybody thought for sure would be, but God called you. <laughs> to speak life, to speak life. And I unlocked that thing in you. I unlock that thing in you. Your unhealthy season is over. Doing what's only best for others is over. God's about to shift you to self-preservation. <laughs> it's time to take care of you so that you can take care of what God put in you. Uh, God, do it for her. Every answered prayer. Oh, God. Answer the prayers. Not just for her, but for her family. And I speak to her marriage. Get that? I speak to every disagreement. And I speak peace to the walls of your bedroom. I speak peace. I speak peace. I speak peace to the walls. I speak peace. I speak peace to the walls of your home. I speak peace. I speak peace. I speak peace. Some days you thought you were going to lose your mind in it, but I, I speak peace. I, I speak peace. I speak peace. Yes, sir, I speak peace. I speak peace. You won't lose your mind. You won't. You won't lose your mind. I bind the mental breakdown, and I, I speak strength. Oh. <laughs> Oh, I speak peace. I 
speak peace to your mind. We got to go. Would you clap your hands? I'm trying to get my release. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. <laughs> I love you, Lord. <laughs> I love you, Lord. 
I love you, Lord. On your way back to your seat, will you just give God a praise? I love you, Lord. I love you, God. I am so glad. I am so glad that God loves me. I, listen, I'm, I'm not saying that to rouse you. I'm, I, I want you to, to understand that I am glad that God loves me, that he knows everything about me and still loves me. I'm grateful to him. I'm grateful to him. We got to get out of here. Uh, I love you. I am praying for each and every one of you. Let's do this declaration, babe, and then let's get out of here. Somebody just shout yes. <laughs> That's what Samuel said. When he said, Lord, I hear you. I'm, I'm listening. That was a yes. Somebody shout yes. <laughs> I want you to declare this. My wife and I will say it. You will repeat after us, and then we will be dismissed. I am declaring over your life open doors. I am declaring over your life open purpose. Those of you who have been held up, that from this day forward, you'll see movement. You'll, you'll see vision. You'll see life. And everything you do, there'll be growth. Is it up? Perfect. You are the potter and we are the clay. We were designed with purpose. We sometimes feel inadequate and unqualified. But nothing can frustrate your purpose for us. Your plan predates our existence. That means before you even went through your issue, God already called you to be something. So don't struggle with what you're going through because God called you before you went through it. Before you even existed, God knew you would be something. We, what, your plan, our lives are a manifestation of your hope. We were made in your image. We are of you. We are a part of your plan. You've called us to a generation. And tonight we answer your call. Let's stand for this part. No more fear. No more doubt. No more anxiety. No more depression. We walk in your calling. And our answer is yes. Father God, dismiss us from this place. But never ever from your presence. Tonight we unlock a yes. Tonight we unlock a yes. Tonight we unlock a generation equipped to do what you called us to do. Take us out of this place. Bring us back safely for Sunday morning worship. I rebuke every incident, every accident, every mugger, every robber. 
Put a hedge of protection around us. I, I, I gotta go. We love you. We appreciate you. And we answer yes.